when's the last time you were able to network with your peers in the healthcare industry? Well, now is your chance. Join us this April with over a thousand executives at Becker's 13th annual meeting to hear C-suite discussions around consumerism, the nursing workforce, value-based care, and a lot more. You can register using the link in the description. We hope to see you there. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Mike Slabowski, President and CEO of Trinity Health. Mike, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, great to be with you, Laura. And thank you so much again for your time. I know there's a lot happening in healthcare and in Trinity is so many different things going on, growing, expanding by the minute, it seems. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Well, sure. Um, I mean, going way back, I grew up in Detroit um, of with parents that one, my dad was of Polish descent, my mom was of Italian descent. And so I tell everybody that I learned cultural diversity at a, at a young age. Um, like many young people graduating from college in Detroit, you know, I thought I was destined for the auto industry, like a lot of my family members, but had an uncle who was a surgeon who suggested healthcare. And um, I started my career at Henry Ford Health System and really never looked back from there. I've uh, been in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I worked for a predecessor organization to Banner Health. Um, I worked for Ascension. Um, I've worked for Trinity. And I spent uh, about seven years with SCL Health in Denver uh, before its uh, merger with Intermountain. I've been in Catholic healthcare since 1990. Wow, that is such a lot of experience um, that you're able to draw on, I'm sure, for the everyday challenges that come up for you as president and CEO of Trinity. And, you know, when you think about your background and your career journey, what has been some of the the most important lessons that you've learned over that time? Well, I, I think the most important lesson is, first of all, always tying everything back to the mission. And really our job as leaders is to connect everything to the mission and values and vision of the organization. You know, I think the second most important thing always is that it's all about people caring for people. And so, you know, who we recruit, how we help develop people, how we give them room to grow and encourage their growth um, is incredibly important. And, um, you know, providing clarity um, you know, in terms of both direction strategically and how it connects to the mission and, uh, you know, how what we do for communities. I, I would say those would be some of the things at the top of my list. Absolutely. I, I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's really great to think about, especially, um, I'm sure, heading into this next year. So when you look at where you're at right now and some of the important things ahead, what are the most important issues that you're spending your time on today? Sure. Well, you know, we've been through three years of unpredictable times in the pandemic, and we've had a lot of ups and downs during this period of time and uncertainty. And I would say we're probably in the most um, complex time is from the aftershocks of the pandemic uh, that we've had over this over this time frame. I mean, you're I know you're hearing from other health systems the challenges with recruiting and retaining um, employees, we call our folks colleagues, um, and, uh, and assisting them and working with them on the member experience for 
you know, we we use the term patient slash member because we we're you know facing um, a situation where we want to create long longitudinal relationships with the people we serve. And how do we engage our colleagues in making that experience happen? Our brand promise is we listen, we partner, and we make it easy. So that work's really important. I mean, clearly right now, financial challenges are huge. Um, we are, you know, dealing with uh, the significant inflation uh, that we've experienced and really a lot of pressure on the top and both rates that were being paid as well as um, the challenges that we're having with people reluctant to come back for care. So that's that's taking up a huge portion of my time. Um, our work on our portfolio, our locations and services, I know we'll talk in a few minutes about some of the investments uh, that we're making. Um, a lot of time in advocacy with Washington and local parties. Um, governance, you know, I mean, keeping our, our system board engaged as well as our community boards. And then, you know, the really the most important part, part of being uh, in the leadership role is to staying connected to all of our colleagues. We have 110,000 colleagues across our 26 states. And so communicating, engaging, hearing from them, you know, so it's not one way communication. Um, and how, you know, how do we connect the dots for them and empower them? That really makes a lot of sense. And obviously, you know, a lot of work to be done along these lines. And particularly when you mentioned, obviously, the inflation being a big challenge when you're looking at cost and cross structure, and then, you know, looking at the reimbursement and the pay coming in. Have you, I guess, in your advocacy efforts or um, conversations with payers, when you're explaining some of this, is there any kind of solution on the horizon that you see, or is it really, you know, how does this all come to a head over the next few years uh, from your view? Well, you know, yes, I see a clear solution, but, you know, so far um, challenging in terms of getting support from both government and the payers. I mean, we have at Trinity Health, we have 17 clinically integrated networks across our system. And they have learned very successfully how to manage total cost of care and outcomes for populations. And if both the federal government, state governments, and the commercial payers would enable us to take responsibility for total cost of care and outcomes, we know how to connect clinical care to social care and social needs of, of people to bend the cost curve and to improve their outcomes. So I see that as the big picture solution to the dilemma our country has on, on accelerating cost. But in the meantime, you know, we're we're really relegated for the most part to, you know, a fee for service environment. And I don't think, you know, we're going to be able to solve the country's problems, you know, continuing in that path. Certainly. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And definitely uh, big picture wise, having some of that those real total cost of care discussions, I think, as you mentioned, are going to be so important and crucial to really making sure communities have access to care and are staying healthy. And then, like you said, bending the cost curve and lowering the total cost of care um, that you're providing, it, it just makes a lot of sense. Now, I know we also wanted to talk about your portfolio and thinking about investments. What are your plans for the next two, three years or so? So, um, you know, this past year, of course, we, um, with um, 
you know, our friends at Common Spirit Health took full responsibility for Mercy One in Iowa. And that was a big deal. I mean, that system is a billion and a half in revenue, and our presence across the state is really important. We have been in discussions in their public about um, the opportunity to align with Genesis Health in Iowa as well to uh, really have a comprehensive statewide presence there. We've put a lot of time and investment into growing health segments, urgent care, PACE. We're the second largest PACE provider in the country, and we're the largest not-for-profit PACE provider in the country. We've expanded specialty pharmacy, primary care, our health plans. We um, had a health plan in one of our states that we really have replicated now in five other states. And then ambulatory surgery, freestanding ambulatory surgery um, is another area that we've really been expanding. And then our investments, as I had mentioned earlier, in our brand promise of listen, partner, and make it easy, which we believe is our strategic differentiator. So all of the work on investing in the patient and member experience and creating connected care, um, we've made a huge investment in what we call together care powered by Epic. We're the largest single instance of Epic across um, our ministries, um, really has given us great capability to connect uh, more closely with our patients and also connect their care across uh, the continuum. So those would be the major investments. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and is really exciting to see those two things come together from the literal footprint standpoint of the locations you have in the uh, community reach that that your health system has to then looking at that brand strategy and, and really um, the patient experience. And when you think about that patient experience, is a lot of that uh, investment in boosting it, in, is it digital technologies or are there other things that you're really putting your resources behind in order to boost that, that patient experience? Well, technology definitely is an enabler to improve the care experience, but, um, you know, it's about how our people are, you know, connected to the mission and the responsibility to make that brand promise come alive with listening, partnering, and making it easy for our patients and members. So, yeah, I mean, clearly, you know, the ability for people to self-schedule, to get information from their clinician, to do you know, virtual visits. Um, you know, we, we use technology in some of our care delivery models. I'll, you know, talk about one of those in a few minutes. But, um, you know, it, really it's about the change process around people, process, technology, and culture, bringing all those things together to create the care experience. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's good to know. Thank you for laying that out for us. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I just wanted to ask, what are you most excited about right now? Yeah, well, I'm excited about a lot of things. First of all, I'm always excited about seeing people do great things. So, you know, you can see the shining eyes in our colleagues and our clinicians when they're doing new things, developing new programs and products and services and moving them to the next level. So that, that I always get excited about that. Um, I'm very excited about our new clinical care model that we are calling our Moonshot. Um, it's Together Team is the name we've given it. And it's really a new model of a three-person care team for inpatient care that includes a floor nurse, 
a patient care assistant and a virtual nurse that work as a triad around care delivery. And, you know, we piloted it a year ago, um, had great experience with both our nurses as well as the experiences that patients and families had. So we've made the commitment to roll this out in all 26 states across the country and uh, are doing it over a 12 to 17 month period. So I'm very excited about that, um, not only improving the care experience, but helping us deal with the, the workforce shortages that we're experiencing. I'm excited about our work on what we call Together Safe, our zero harm and safety initiative. We've seen real measurable improvements in safety for patients, but also for our colleagues. We've lowered our OSHA reportable incidents uh, for our colleagues uh, significantly. Um, we're doing a lot of work on uh, uh, DEI and anti-racism um, and uh, taking a leadership role in that um, for um, our people. It's, it's really something that's taken off for us. I had already mentioned Together Care powered by Epic. And then, you know, growing those new health segments and seeing, you know, the real opportunity in uh, transforming our ministry from hospital-centric to community-based care. Um, those are the things that um, get me excited every day. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's so amazing to hear just all the different aspects of the organization, as well as the way that you can care for patients in your communities, um, you know, it really makes a difference. I can tell from speaking with you how passionate you are about what you do and really growing the mission of Trinity Health and spreading it across the your uh, service areas. So, Mike, thank you so yeah. much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Well, thanks, Laura. You know, this is the most personal of human services, body, mind, and spirit. So, you know, we have a higher purpose that we need to carry out, especially in not-for-profit healthcare delivery. And I'm, uh, it's a privilege uh, to be able to speak with you today. The privilege is all mine. Thank you so much, Mike. Take care.